welcome to Tiz Talk. Welcome to Tiz Talk. This is a podcast coming from Tisbury, Wiltshire and surrounding villages. I'm Julianne Murphy. And I'm Mary Myers. It's the week beginning the 27th of November. We've got a great show for you this week, starting with a word from our American cousins over in Martha's Vineyard. Hello, Tisbury, England residents. Uh, This is Thomas Humphrey. Greetings from Edgartown, Martha's Vineyard, right next to Tisbury, Martha's Vineyard. Mary caught up with Clancy Steer, our very own local BAFTA-winning costume designer. Mrs. Brown was the name of the film. It was by far from the grandest costumes I'd ever done, but it was a film and it had Judy Dench in it. Followed by Kate Gam, who reviews Peter Brown's paintings, now exhibiting at Messons. The hazy blue images radiate the warmth of the sunshine as they show holidaymakers enjoying themselves in some iconic English locations. And we finish with the Watsons with Lal Pointer. So last week, was it last week? Was it a whole week ago? Yeah. I dashed around here, Mary, for an interview, somebody interviewing us. Yeah, that was a bit of a change. Yeah, pleasant change. Yeah. So Thomas Humphreys from the Martha's Vineyard Gazette. Hello, Tisbury, England residents. Uh, This is Thomas Humphrey. Greetings from Edgartown, Martha's Vineyard, right next to Tisbury, Martha's Vineyard. Yeah, he was just really charming and interested in Tis Talk. Yeah. And also about the two communities and how different or similar we are. So Tisbury, Martha's Vineyard exists. Chilmark, Martha's Vineyard exists. They're in this posh place on this yeah. island. You know, Almost as posh Coast. as Tisbury. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was so interested in to hear about our Tisbury. I'm, I'm Thomas Humphrey. I am a reporter here at the Martha's Vineyard Gazette, the island in the United States, which features our very own Tisbury and Chilmark. Um, and uh, your two co-hosts here are very interested to know that in Chilmark, uh, United States of America is one of the last dry towns in Massachusetts where there's no place where you can legally purchase alcohol. That's amazing. Because Tisbury used to have, well, it still has quite a few pubs, at least two very active ones. Three. Three. Three, yeah. And And a wine shop. That's true. That's fantastic. Great. (laughs) Awesome. Thomas Humphreys has written this article in the Vineyard Gazette, and I'll put the link on Facebook, on Tis Talk Facebook, and on What's On in Tisbury. And the article is called Keeping Tabs on Tisbury to Tisbury. Bit of a funny title, but anyway, keeping tabs on Tisbury to Tisbury. Look out for it. Tis Talk, a podcast from Tisbury on tistalk.buzzsprout.com. Well, from Martha's Vineyard back to Duck Street in Tisbury. I talked to Clancy Steer this week about BAFTA winning and costume designing. So I'm with Deirdre Clancy Steer, who I know as Clancy, and I think most people in Tisbury know you as Clancy. And we're in her lovely house in Dock Street. Clancy, how would you describe your professional role? As a costume designer, my very first job was at Lincoln Rep, was an assistant 
um, doing everything from pantomime costumes to, in the days when you stayed up all Saturday night doing changeovers. Um, and then I moved down to London and fetched up at the Royal Court Theatre, which was an enormous privilege and pure luck, really. Um, I met somebody who was an agent who took me on and I got introduced to a director called Peter Gill, who was very big in the 60s and 70s. Mm. He was a writer and a director. Mm. Uh, and I did the world premieres, in actual fact, of several D.H. Lawrence plays. So you've had a, a long and distinguished career. I know that you're a BAFTA winner and that you've published two books. So can you tell us what you won the BAFTA for and when? Uh, it was for Mrs Brown, was the name of the film, which was with Judy Dench and Billy Connolly. It was by far from the grandest costumes I'd ever done, but it was a film and it had Judy Dench in it. And the kind of people who work on films as wardrobe people are very different temperamentally as people in the theatre. Not as nice? No, not as nice. OK. Don't know why. And also, they don't like theatre people. It's very weird. It's not... They think theatre people are I a see. bit up themselves and not, <laughs> not quite So, but as... you are really mainly a theatre... Oh, rather. Yes. 90%. And opera? At opera, absolutely. My first ten years was nearly all theatre at the Royal Court. In the 60s? In the 60s and 70s. And then um, I moved, started doing stuff at the RSC... In 1976, it was Il Campiello, and it was the opening show of the Royal National Theatre mm. uh, with the director, Bill Bryden, in the presence of HMQE2, the late, no less, right. having to practice my convent curtsy. As you, um, you met the Queen at that absolutely, one. Absolutely, yes. Yes. 1978 was my first opera, right. and for Kent Opera. And then things kind of took off after that. But you were saying that you were perhaps one of the only female designers mm. Mm. who had kids. Yes. At, during the 60s and 70s. Yes. Yeah. Because it was difficult. The hours were long. And unless you had a, a, a reliable partner who didn't mind being seen pushing a pram or whatever, you, 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 you couldn't really do it. Mm. And you did have that reliable partner. Yes, I did. Yes, yeah. and we, we we somehow managed. Mm. The children, I don't know if the children got irritated. I don't think they did. I think they quite enjoyed it. And they quite enjoyed coming to rehearsals occasionally. Too. What does the work entail when you're asked to design costumes for a play or well, an opera? Well, you kind of have to see them. You do a mixture of research of the play. At, nowadays, everybody does things in in modern suits, so that's not quite the same. But then you did use period costume and... You did it as accurately as you could, but without losing the character. I mean, those those two, for instance, are... We're, we're looking at two drawings draw, by you. By me, which of... are drawings. One is from Chichester, which is um, Maggie Smith, and that is, is Juno, and they were both... No, and that and that are both from um, The Fairy Queen, Purcell's The Fairy Queen. Now, that's possibly the highlight of the career. Because that was done in Aix-en-Provence, Aix-Festival. You start by drawing, you, you present these first to the director and then you discuss, and, and he or she hopefully understands where you're coming from and where you're going. Some, some directors are very, very involved and very fussy and want this, want that, the other. Some couldn't give a monkeys and, and leave it entirely to their designer. 
to come up with the with the ideas. Mm. And then you take them along and show them to what the Americans call a costume shop, what we call a wardrobe department. And there will be cutters and makers and if you hire them, there'll be people in charge of the hire shop and, and so forth. They will make toiles, possibly, which is a, a makeup of the dress in, in calico. Um, and then they will do fittings on the artist and you supervise the fittings. Right. And, and, and I know that And you... if anybody asks Sorry. me, do you, have, do you have to make your own costumes, you really want to shout at them because you think, the last show I did, there were 80 people on that stage. <laughs> so, no, no, no. Did you ever have a needle and thread in hand? Once or twice. I was out of work and I, I, did, a, I did a couple of shows... Actually, for the national, um, uh, but as a cutter, not as a, not as a stitcher. Right. I've, but never, I've never been a stitcher professionally. No. And you don't make your own clothes, for example? I used to quite a lot, certainly in the 70s, because I liked all those floppy smocks. I think that there's... I think it's just I see things. You see things? Yes. Do you want to just expand on that? Well, people. You see people in the clothes that seem to be suitable for the part. You mean you character. can imagine them before yes. you've even designed yes. or dressed yes. them or anything? Yes, and then I draw around the edges. 30 years ago, you had to be in, in London because right. there was not the internet. There was yeah. nothing, you know. And you came to Tisbury when? 94. And also, I was doing a lot of opera abroad, and so it didn't really matter whether I was in Peckham or Tisbury. Right. I mean, a lot of work abroad. Um, I went, I've been to such interesting places, I've been all over the place, in Japan. I did some work in Germany, Italy, right. a bit in France. Okay. Um, and then my, my sort of finale, I did f- it's four seasons at San Diego. Is that California? It is indeed, right. yes. Which was a, a great experience, great experience, with, with Adrian Noble, with whom I've worked an enormous amount. But then I did absolutely nothing for, I think, eight years and thought, that's it, I've retired. And... It was Adrian Noble again who asked me to do um, Verdi's Falstaff in in Venice, La Fenice. So I and got, this was the latest. That and was the, the latest and probably my swan song. I expect. Right, and that nearly, was just last year. It nearly year. finished me off. Yes, yes. <laughs> Did it? <sighs> Wasn't easy. Right, but rewarding. Oh yeah, yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah fantastic. It was great fun, and also because it was Venice, various family members came out and. Maxwell was out there for three weeks. So yeah. it it was great. It wasn't lonely like it can be sometimes if you're on your own, right. stuck in some strange country, yes. with a language you don't speak. You mentioned Maxwell. I mean, would you describe yourself as a sort of partnership in any way? Well, you well, you become a partnership with a mar- long marriage, don't you? You do, but what about your professional life? Oh no, it's just that's purely accidental. If I'm if I'm if we're working, we we were doing the same show when we met. Right. which was a show about football or something quite bizarre. And he was the on-stage musician and had done the musical arrangements and, and I was doing the design. Right. Where was this? In Birmingham. Right. And that was that. 1974. 1974. Right. So why did you choose Tisbury? Well, then it was one of the first places outside London with a train service that we could afford, in actual fact. But no, we've been very fortunate here. It's been smart is not quite the right word, but it's got very interesting. Yeah. And what with more shops and the high street and yes, yes, messums and uh, yes. sometimes trains if you're lucky. <laughs> that's that's quite nice. Yeah. So I'm just going to go on to the sort of fun bit. 
Clancy, what gets you out of bed in the morning? Um, I wake up. <laughs> it's time to do breakfast. I don't. Right. And what's your favourite disc that you take to a desert island? I've been in, in music so long. I, I really don't. The music for Falstaff, who's that by? Verdi. I prefer Purcell to Verdi. All right. Purcell's... Fairy Queen. What do you most like about Tisbury? I just feel very at home here. The fact that, the fact that we, are, we have a lovely view, we have the sunrise coming in through our bedroom window and we can walk round to a really perfectly good set of shops and mm. walk to the train. It's just, it's just a, a very nice people. Yeah, great. When I've been not too, not that well, people have been so kind offering lifts and things. No, it's a good community. What's your favourite local view? You said out of your window. Well, or the one out of our house. window is pretty good, especially from the top of the garden. From Duck Street? Yeah. Complete this sentence, Clancy. Not many people know this about Tisbury, but... That we have um, a charity called the Cherubin Music Trust, which I founded because we needed money to buy my younger daughter a harp in, nine, in 2001. I was not good at running it because I'm not good at running things like that, but Maxwell is and he took it over and we've been going ever since. And professional quality instruments to young people who want to be musicians and nowadays they're stuck with their student debts and goodness knows what else mm. and have to find another five, ten, fifteen thousand pounds to buy a professional quality instrument and we can sometimes help them. And not many people know that that's been founded and run from Tisbury. Yes. Okay. Quick fire. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Tea or coffee? Both. Okay. Beer or wine? I don't drink these days. Football or rugby? For heaven's sake. Neither? No. Radios one, two or three? Three. Definitely. Definitely. What about the jazz on three on, and the nice. folk? Yes, that's nice. You go for that yes, as well as yes, the classical. Yes. Yeah? Yes, yes. Thank you very much, oh, Clancy. Oh, And that was part of The Fairy Queen by Purcell, performed by the English Baroque soloists, conducted by John Elliot Gardner for Clancy Steer. Follow us on Instagram at TizTalkRadio. Next, Kate Gam talks about a visual treat down at Messam's. An exhibition of new paintings by the artist Peter Brown has just opened at Messam's Gallery. Entitled Country and Countries, the exhibition takes us through Peter's extensive travels from the mountains of Les Alpes to the beauty of the English coastline via Rome and Montpellier. The images here are instantly recognisable. His paintings of the seaside at Sidmouth and Salcombe and the cliffs of Cornwall were all created in the last two years. But they have a timeless quality, where they could have been painted any time in the last few decades. The hazy blue images radiate the warmth of the sunshine 
as they show holidaymakers enjoying themselves in some iconic English locations, as Peter has with his own family. Another English tradition is captured in a series of paintings around the Glastonbury Festival. There is a focus on the before and after, the way the natural landscape is transformed into a busy, noisy festival site for just a few days before returning to its natural state. Despite not showing any of the festival activity itself, there is a sense of both the anticipation and the aftermath. Peter gives us a further insight into both his family and working life through images of his home in Bath. Any artist will recognise the chaos and clutter of a working studio, contrasted here with the aftermath of a family Christmas. Last Sunday, Mary and I went along to a talk that Peter Brown gave at Messam's about his extensive career. One story was about the time he received a phone call whilst painting on Westminster Bridge in London from none other than the agent for Banksy. Would he be prepared to paint an image of one of Banksy's murals in Margate just after it had been completed? You bet he would. There started a collaboration between the two very different artists. Has Peter actually met Banksy? He still doesn't know. But this is a story that he will dine out on for years to come. Another striking aspect of Peter's talk was the theme of returning. In this clip from the talk, he speaks of his working practice of returning to a canvas at different times of the day, capturing variations in light and shade, using the example of his painting of metallic crowns in Cornwall. He also speaks of returning to unfinished canvases over a period of years, which is common amongst artists who often find it hard to feel satisfied that a painting is finally finished. Putting a canvas away for months or even years, return, returning to it much later, offers a fresh perspective. The trick is to, to kind of ignore it for a bit and then come back to it. Um, but then at the same time, there's that moment, there is that moment in time where ideally, particularly with sun and there's moving light, you want to capture those three consecutive days if you can when you, when it's just right. But um, leaving it alone and is probably the way to do it, I think. And um, in terms of overworking, that's probably my danger area, I think. But there's a painting in, in this show, which is of... Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, that was... That took... I could say it took five years to paint because it, I literally found it in the studio this year and thought... That doesn't need much. Oh, that's nearly there. You know, that's all right, I think. There's a huge pile at everyone's studio. The pile, which is that, is it finished? Is it good? Is it, is it had its day? Will it ever be any good sort of thing? And that's the, that's the biggest pile of any artist's work, I think. You know? There's nothing more frustrating than coming back from Italy and going, God, Christ, I missed out that, you know. So there's an element of just making sure you've answered all the questions architecturally, you know, I suppose. To make myself, that's harder for me to say, right, leave it, please, don't do it, don't, don't, you know, don't try and answer all the questions, really. The Peter Brown exhibition continues at Messam's until the 11th of December. It is a real seasonal treat. And finally, the Watsons with Lau Pointer. 
As we welcome in December, you can expect a festive flavour to many of Tisbury's regular activities. On Tuesday, the Tisbury Carer Cafe will be meeting in Beaton's Tea Rooms from 10.30 to 12 noon. This is an opportunity for those with caring responsibilities to make new friends over a cuppa. And in the evening, there is a selection of activities. The first is a Christmas-themed flower demonstration entitled A Little Bit of Sparkle. This is hosted by Tisbury Flower Group as part of its Drinks and Nibbles evening and is taking place in the Hinton Hall with a £6 charge for non-members. And there is also the November Green Drinks in the boot at 7.30pm and all are welcome. On Wednesday, Tis Tots Playgroup will be in the Tisbury Methodist Church from 10 to 11.30am, providing play, signing and craft activities together with tea, toast and fruit refreshments. Also in the morning is Handcrafts with Sue and Mary, arranged by Tisbury Memory Group. This is in the Hinton Hall from 10am to 12 noon and Christmas decorations will feature as part of this session. In the afternoon, the Fitness and Friendship Club will be meeting in Nada Close Sheltered Housing from 2 to 4pm. And on Wednesday evening, there is the monthly quiz night at the Grosvenor Arms in Hindon. This is a light-hearted affair with teams of up to six people. It starts at 8pm. On Friday evening and Saturday morning, there are the Bell and Bee Christmas Wreath Workshops at Beach House, Cuffs Lane. The cost is £65 and everything needed is provided from natural foliage to mulled wine and mince pies. To find out more and book a place, call 07557 344664. And there is a further array of activities on Saturday morning. Tisbury Preschool is hosting a stay and play session for children aged 2 to 5 from 9.30 to 11.30 at the preschool. There is a chance for existing and prospective parents to meet staff and ask questions. There is the country market in the Victoria Hall from 10am to 11am with its usual selection of produce and crafts. The Hinton Hall is hosting a book launch of the Pit House Rioters from 11am to 1pm. There is a preview and artist talk at Messam's on Richard Hall's A Painter's Progress 2023. This is at 11am and free to attend. And there are festive fun clay workshops at Messam's Studios from 10.30am to 12.30 for young artists and their adults. For more information, go to www.messams.org forward slash learning and that's it for this week you can contact us on tistalkradio at gmail.com that's all from us we've been julianne murphy and mary myers and special thanks to contributors keelan pybus and lal pointer (laughs) 